Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to In Conversation With, the podcast series that delves into the world of financial services and brings you face-to-face with some of the most notable figures in the industry. Listen as we discuss topics that are currently facing the industry and hear from visionary CEOs to disruptive innovators as we bring you a diverse array of voices and perspectives. We'll explore the challenges they faced, the lessons they've learned, and the insights they have to share about the ever-evolving landscape of financial services. Hello and welcome to In Conversation With. I'm Kimberly Dondo and in today's episode, I'm joined by Andrew Tully, Technical Services Director at Nucleus. Thank you for joining me today, Andy. That's good to be with you. Um, So if you could give us a bit of a background into yourself and how you got started in financial services. Uh, Yeah, that's a very long time ago. So so I've been in financial services uh, 30 plus years. I hate to think how long. but uh, but a lot of that time has has been in technical type roles, so mm-hmm. so uh, helping advisors primarily uh, understand uh, the legislation, the regulation. There's always change going on in in uh, financial services world of pensions in particular. So so it's just trying to uh, understand the complicated and then just try and make it as simple as possible for people to understand. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about a lot of those changes that are happening within kind of the Absolutely. retirement and pensions landscape. But I wanted to start it off, start off um, with the advice guidance boundary review. So um, what are your expectations for the upcoming review um, of the advice guidance boundary? So, so I think if we start with the kind of take a step back and think about the problem. The problem is not enough people are taking advice. So yeah. so, uh, so retirement in particular, when people get to retirement, but but savings in general, but retirement in particular is, is a complicated area. Uh, people need help. Uh, not enough people are, are, are getting uh, certainly regulated advice, full advice, which is good. good, good. The best way of getting help is full advice. Not many people are doing that. Uh, but, but equally, if we look around uh, even below that, the numbers of people taking guidance and, and speaking to money advice service and things like that is still too low. So we need to encourage more people uh, to, to take advice. So so the intent of this paper is good. Uh, so there's three main bits, which is trying to clarify the boundary between advice and guidance. Uh, talking about a, a level of targeted support that firms, which is either providers or potential advisors, can give to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably, uh, you know, people like you might want to do something like this. So, so that's trying to... to, to uh, to, to give a level of personalised guidance to people. So so, so uh, sometimes guidance can be a little bit too vague for people. Uh, they want to know if what they're doing is right or they want to know what other people are doing. So, so targeted support uh, may well help them. Uh, so, so, so I think that uh, the targeted support, I think, is probably the area that I would think is, is maybe the one of, of the areas that, that the paper looks at that's probably the one that might move forward quickest. I think that's probably the easiest for, for people to implement. And then it talks about simplified advice. We've been around simplified advice a, a few times over the last 10 years. So so I, I guess it's all about trying to find a way of delivering simplified advice. Uh, the, the concept uh, 
potentially can be good is to try and help people with a specific problem that they have. Uh, so, so advice obviously looks ac across uh, an individual's whole circumstance. Simplified advice might might look at a specific issue that they have and try and help them with that specific issue. But as I say, we've looked at it a number of times before, so it's trying to figure out a way of, of delivering it uh, mm -hmm. this time. And how do you see the revised framework affecting the way people work with their clients? So, so I think for, it probably comes down to the way advisors work. So for, for a lot of smaller advice firms, much of this won't really affect what they do. They've got, you know, a, a, you know, relatively small client bank, people that they know uh, very well, uh, they're giving full advice to these people. So, so for but for some advisors, at least a lot of this won't really affect the day-to-day -day work. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, but some advisors might want to be offering, uh, you know, a, a more broad brush uh, service to to uh, not just the high net worth clients, which is where a lot of full advice traditionally has been, but but to try and offer a service to to a wider range of people. Uh, and and if what we can do, so so I think uh, if I was to look at one thing that we can try and achieve out of this is, is to try and uh, bring more people towards full advice over time. So if we can bring them in at a kind of entry level as such mm -hmm. and and, uh, and show people uh, the benefits of advice, I think that's very positive. I think uh, what a retirement confidence index, which Mike going to talk a little bit about, was people were saying they don't necessarily know how to get to full advice. It's, it feels quite a big step if, if people are not getting advice at all. Mm -hmm. To move from that to, to, to full advice feels quite a, a difficult leap for some people. So so if, if these measures can help produce a pathway that people begin to go into uh, and then they begin to understand the benefits of advice and the value of advice, then uh, and, and hopefully it means that more people end up getting full advice somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah. And um, you touched on the Retirement Confidence Index. Um, so drawing on those findings, um, what are the biggest concerns UK re residents have about their retirement? So, so a lot of it's really around confidence. Uh, people do lack confidence. So, so if we look at the overall score, so, so actually taking a step back, this research, we, we looked at people over 50. So it was a very targeted piece of research. So, so it was people over 50, so either approaching retirement or in retirement. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of that cohort, half of the people we talked to took advice and half of people weren't taking advice. Uh, some people... Uh, in receipt of income, some people not in receipt of income. So it was all around that retirement area. And if we look at the overall score, uh, we got people to score uh, out of 10 how confident they, they were. Uh, and the overall score was 6.9, which is which sounds reasonably high, and it was probably higher than we expected it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but if we look underneath that, it, it came with what we would call a negative outlook. So if we look underneath that, there's a range of factors which... Uh, suggest uh, people who are older were more confident, people with defined benefit income were more mm. confident. Uh, and if we look towards the younger cohort, so the kind of 50 to 55 cohort with, with DC savings, yeah. they had significantly less confidence. So, 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 so as DB begins to die out, the cohort coming through uh, 
it, it feels that they have significantly less confidence in their retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the biggest uh, impact that people said they have was having a plan. If they had a financial plan in place, then they were more confident. So that didn't need to be taking advice. That just needed to be having a plan uh, mm-hmm. about what they intended to do, what they wanted to do. Now, obviously, financial advisors will help that plan, but it's encouraging more people uh, to get a a plan in place. Uh, And certainly around financial advice, it it was interesting that it wasn't all about money. So so, uh, it was about people telling us by taking advice, they had increased emotional well-being, they had a, a clearer sense of of where they were, where they were trying to get to. So, so, so I think that's a bit that sometimes advisors maybe don't talk enough about. Is they talk, uh, you know, if you're looking externally, it's a lot about products and that's a lot about finance, finance, uh, finances. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. but but a, a lot of what people are getting is actually the, 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 the emotional well-being, the, the increasing confidence, and things like that. And that's what advisors are giving them. So, so, so what we need to try and do, like, you know, just going back to that, is to try and encourage more people to do plans, uh, and and by doing a plan, uh, they might realise. Because uh, things that they don't know, and they need to talk to people about to help them with those things that they don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess you know your emotional well-being affects how you spend your money, so it all does tie in a lot. Um, so, how can financial advisors act, um, effectively address the concerns that the people that um, kind of came? into the retirement confidence index um, expressed and encourage long-term planning as well? So so I think that, that's what advisors do. So that's what advisors do day to day. So, so, so you know, the, the kind of people of, to me, of least concern are the people that are taking advice because they are getting... Uh, they're getting a good outcome when we ask people to to rate uh, the advice they were getting. That, that was a very high rating. People who were getting advice were very happy about it. They were very mm-hmm. comfortable about get the help they were getting. Uh, so, so the key is to try and extend that out across more people. Uh, and obviously, that's hopefully where the advice guidance boundary what can go to is it can it can extend uh, the reach of of that advice. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly, I guess, to, towards younger people. So, so advice is probably concentrated, you know, in, uh, amongst the, the older cohort who, who've got greater savings. But we do need to try and help people uh, at younger ages. So, so we've got uh, automatic enrollment's been a huge success. I think most people w- would accept it's been a huge success. But what that means is that people are starting saving really with no engagement at all. So, so mm-hmm. they're enrolled into a pension, they're put into a fund, mm-hmm. they're not really engaged. And then we get to 55 uh, with a DC port that can be reasonably sizable in value. And we suddenly almost expect people to be experts about longevity and how much income to take out and all that kind of stuff, hugely complex decisions. Yeah. Uh, and and we really need a way to 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 move people along that framework because at the moment it feels quite unrealistic to take someone that's not being engaged at all for many years and suddenly give them horribly complicated decisions to make, mm-hmm. and then almost be surprised when when optimal outcomes don't aren't necessarily achieved. So 
So we do need to put bits in play. And there's things like midlife MOT that's being talked about, but we do need to uh, engage with people earlier in that process. So it's not Mm -hmm. retirement income isn't at 60 or at 65, but we Mm -hmm. need people to be planning earlier. So, so, Mm -hmm. so. Uh, you know, whether that's 45 or 50 or whatever, but it's about beginning to plan earlier uh, for, for for your later life. And, and that goes outside pensions. That goes to things like inheritance tax planning and powers of attorney and estate planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, people think of those are, as things that you do in, in later life, but actually mm-hmm. d- doing that kind of planning much earlier is, is much more sensible because at least it's in place well in advance of anything happening. Mm-hmm. I guess you have that template that you can keep adding to and improving as you move on in your life. So that would make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a once and done decision just because you, you put in place a plan at 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guarantee is that won't be the same plan at 60, but at least you have a plan in place that you can then adapt as, as circumstances change and so on. Yeah. And I also recently saw that research has shown that um, there has been an increase in demand for retirement advice, probably because people lack that confidence. Um, So and also due to changes such as, you know, the LTA abolishment. So how do you think advisors can tackle this demand? Do they have the bandwidth, the capacity? Yeah, so so that's definitely, I think, definitely a challenge for some advisors who, who, you know, have a, a client bank and, and are largely just servicing that client bank and don't have capacity for more. Uh, undoubtedly, I think that's true, is that there'll be no, more demand going forward for, for DC advice. So, so uh, when people had a defined benefit or were buying annuities, that, that aspect was almost quite straightforward because mm-hmm. once that income was in payment, you didn't really need advice after that point in time. Where We're, we're now... Uh, People largely are DC, and certainly if we go 10 years out, the vast majority of people will have DC benefits primarily. It's not a once-and-done decision at 65, as it goes, people will continue needing advice throughout the 60s, probably throughout the 70s, and maybe even beyond that. So so all sorts of, of later-life planning. And that will involve advisors in, in different things, because they'll have... Uh, clients who who are you know going into cognitive decline and things like that, which historically they might not have encountered. So so more vulnerable customers and things like that as people get older but still need advice. So 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 advisors' models will have to change uh, as they're advising people into in you know later life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to the bandwidth bit is is that. Uh, you know, we, we definitely need to encourage more people into the industry. There are more academies being set up to encourage younger people into the industry, and, and that's certainly what we need to do. Uh, hopefully, things like AI might help to some degree. You know, we've certainly not really got there in our industry, but but as we look forward, there are ways that we can do things, you know, smarter, better, quicker, mm-hmm. uh, and take out some of the the kind of paperwork for, for want of a better description and, and do things more online so things are more cost effective and that might free up people's time so yeah and hopefully things like platforms will do that to some degree is it is that we can make things easier for advisors as we can take away a lot of the admin hassle from advisors and that frees up more of the time to actually do the advising as opposed to, to doing the admin 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so in your role at Nucleus, um, how have you found um, that you're working towards supporting financial advisors in navigating the uh, evolving regulatory landscape and client needs? So, so I guess that's, that's what I and my team do. So, so that's, that's our primary role is, is looking at you know the legislation and regulation that's coming through trying to work out what exactly it means which isn't always straightforward um, <laughs> and then and then try and help advisors see what that is what it mm-hmm. means what it means to their clients uh, and we'll do that through a variety of means so that might be doing events to advisors to to explain things certainly you know written material podcasts how, however it is uh, so we're trying to do it across a range of different ways to to get uh, information uh, in front of advisors so so big one at the moment is obviously lifetime allowance abolition so so it's a massive change mm-hmm. uh, it's not particularly helpful we seem to be in a little bit of a trend at the moment of of legislative regulatory change coming through very quickly and that's mm-hmm. not helpful that's certainly it's not helpful for us uh, it's not helpful for advisors i don't think it's helpful for end clients it, it makes things uh, so it's so a lifetime allowance is one example we you know, we got draft legislation in December for a change coming through in April, and that's a you know a very major uh, change. We won't get final legislation probably till uh, you know four, five, six weeks ahead of that change, and and that's mm-hmm. very difficult for advisors to confidently advise people. Uh, who might need to take action before April when they're doing that on the basis of draft legislation and, and particular draft legislation that's got some holes in it at the moment. So, yeah. so, so, so advisors don't have an easy job at all. Uh, so, but, but we're trying to help them uh, with things like that. Um, we've also at Nucleus we've got an advisory board. So, so mm-hmm. that's how we we try to keep very much in contact with with what advisors do. Uh, so, so. Uh, so the advisory board is is twelve firms uh, uh, from across Nucleus James Hay uh, customer base. Uh, they, they meet three or four times a year to discuss a range of industry issues. Uh, so that might be regulation, but it might also be things like proposition and customer outcomes. Uh, and the idea again is is that we gain you know much deeper understanding of what advisors are looking for, what they want from us, what we can do to support them uh, in in doing so. Uh, mm-hmm. And an example might, you know, consumer duty is is obviously a, a, a big example of that. We spent a lot of time last year, as I'm sure all firms did. Uh, so we created an online hub to help, you know, prepare and support planners uh, and advisors to make sure they're, they're ready uh, for the new regulations. Uh, we partnered with the Verve Group uh, to to do, you know, a, a series of webinars and advisors. Uh, so a series of webinars for advisors uh, mm-hmm. on things like that. So, so we're trying to give advisors help in, in understanding what's coming in and give it to them in, in a variety of ways to suit their needs. Yeah. And I'm sure that it makes it more complicated, like dealing with uh, regulatory changes, um, especially in with the possibility of an election and whether, you know, those changes will eventually again be changed it is yeah i think that uh, you know it would be nice to get more stability and that came through very clearly in a retirement confidence index is is people lacked 
confidence in the reti- in their retirement, but people hugely lacked com- com- confidence in the in the kind of market and the industry. And a lot of that was they thought government just changed the rules, you know, very regularly. So so they they couldn't see long term stability, and that and that meant they lacked confidence to make long term decisions. So. So, uh, so yes, it would be nice to get greater stability. Uh, it would be nice to take a, you know, that political ping pong a bit out of of, of politics, mm-hmm. um, out of the long term savings market. So, so certainly as as a business, we would like to see a long term savings commission put in place to try and yeah. uh, take some of that out of the political arena, make long term decisions, uh, and and. You know, give that greater stability to give people more confidence, and and that would be, I'm sure it, it's, it certainly wouldn't be easy to happen, but it would be it would be nice if we could get that that bit more stability in the market. Yeah, it's definitely on the wish list. Um, and finally, um, can you share um, any insights on how Nucleus is innovating to empower advisors and improve clients' outcomes? Sure. So so. The nucleus aim is to is to be the best love platform uh, mm-hmm. by advisors. So so we are an advised only platform. Uh, our strategy is all about using scale uh, to to invest. So 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 we're investing you know huge amounts of money in uh, supporting the needs of advisors, trying to support good client outcomes. Uh, we're replatforming, as as I think is, is widely aware. So 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 we've got a, a new platform coming out this year, but mm-hmm. but alongside that, we're still investing lots of money. We've invested uh, over twenty million over the last eighteen months outside of the platform development. We spent a lot a lot of money on that. Uh, we're reducing charges, so we've reduced charges to customers uh, a couple of times over the last eighteen months, and and the aim would be to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as and when so so uh, so that saved customers over five million over the last couple of years. Uh, frontline servicing is obviously a, a, a big thing. So 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 you know we're putting more people into those frontline servicing teams to 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 be more responsive to advisors. Uh, cash is another area. So so we've established a treasury function to try and actively manage cash. So. Uh, and and that's all about uh, giving better rates of return, uh, allowing customers to take advantage of the higher interest rates on offer. Uh, you know, across a range of of different uh, fixed term deposits, notice accounts, things like that. Being able to easily move money between those different types of of uh, interest bearing cash accounts. Uh, so so because a variety of things would 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 done, a variety of things will continue to do. So so. Uh, you know, you can't stand still. You actually need you need to keep you need to keep enhancing the proposition. It's a competitive market. Uh, you know, I say we want to. Um, we think having scale helps us uh, and helps us deliver good outcomes. But but we we need to deliver good outcomes. We need to uh, do what advisors want us to do. Yeah, yeah. Sounds all exciting, and hopefully we'll be able to talk further about those outcomes later on in the year absolutely be very happy to okay well thank you for speaking with me today andy great thank you very much
Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition, Money Marketing Magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.